Beers, Business, and Balls presented by House Enterprise and brought to you by Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com slash house and you can get 20% off your order and free international shipping everywhere. Episode 101. Uh, Connor's back for spooky season and Aaron Judge is an American League leader. He's made history, folks. You don't have to like him. You don't have to think he'll be in a Yankee uniform next year, but I'm enjoying the ride while it's happening. As Jack Curry said, we may never see this again, so let's just freaking enjoy it. So congrats, a home run title and an American home run historical leader. And future MVP. Uh, I wish, I wish, I wish, and I don't want to be a Mets fan right now and be miserable and bitching about what could have been, but the batting title and the triple crown would have been sick. It obviously didn't help that the pressure trying to get 62 definitely amounted to him. He, you know, was chasing balls. He shouldn't have, he drew a lot of walks, but he unfortunately fell to the batting title to Luis Arez from the Twins, which they made a huge deal about as like, congrats. Like you had Carlos Correa and Gary Sanchez and you couldn't make it to the playoffs. But uh, so no batting title, no triple crown, but still incredible, incredible season. So thankful to watch. So thankful to witness. Hopefully it ends with a ring and a nice little contract from the Yankees. And I, I don't know. know I was going to say around. I think oh, we're going to ask the same question, but what would you rather have? Would you rather have a ring on Aaron Judge's finger with the future uncertain, or would you rather have Aaron Judge locked up and it doesn't mean a ring this year? I said it to you yesterday. If the Yankees win the World Series, I'm taking a break because this year has been <laughs> a wild ride of highs and lows as it is always every year. Uh, the contract talks have obviously, you know, been the forefront, the inconsistencies it's to, to win a world series with this team and to like be adults for it is definitely something. And especially for content, I prefer if the Yankees don't win, I can just see Aaron judge walking. And I, I, I don't know. I, I, I want the ring over the contract. Perfect world. Both. I hope we get both. You know, I'm kind of with you. I think regardless, like if there's the Yankees win number 28 this year, I may just call it quits and root for the Cubs for like a year and just say, all right, I'm taking a breather. And, uh, you know, you guys have just put me through too much shit because they have how much unnecessary stress did we have? It's bullshit. Too much. Too much. Quite frank. And I don't want to sound like Mets fans again. Sorry, we've dug at Mets fans twice now to start the show, but. All this crap, all this uncertainty, the decision-making from Aaron Boone was just so bad sometimes. And luckily, he cleaned it up. I think they're in a comfortable spot right now. They've started to win. They've got a little momentum. Garrett Cole gave his Kermit the Frog motivational speech, thanking everybody. Everybody's good right now. Everybody's good. They're getting healthier. I'm okay with where this team's at right now. Yeah, and it definitely helps with, you know, and we'll talk, you know, the playoffs in a little bit, but it helps with the extra week where 
it's kind of weird. Like those two teams, the two top teams, it's like they get that week by and it's something new. And it's like, you know, you, you'd rather come in hot to a postseason like the nationals a couple of years ago, where it's like full steam ahead to win it. But with this Yankees team, I'm actually okay with the break because there's a lot of guys that are banged up. Would love to have a Ben attendee back. Would love to have a carpenter back need DJ to, you know, be fully healthy. Same with Rizzo judge needs a break after, you know, the stress that he's been through the past couple of weeks. I think it's okay for this Yankees team to regroup for the week, stay hot, stay warm and get ready for the ALDS. Yeah. Get all the arms rested and ready to go to no excuses. Get it done. We'll come back to balls. Let's go to beers first. Uh, I admittedly, it's been a while since I've rated a beer on untapped. It's been about four weeks. And that's not good. I got to drink some more beer. It's counterintuitive to health, but hell, this is one third of our show. Um, yeah, I've been slacking on the untapped game lately. Got to get back into it. Uh, I don't know if it's the same for you, but um, there's a lot of good beer out there that I just, I have been behind in inputting here. So that may be a goal for Q4. Yeah, the beer game's been a little slacking. Um, <laughs> not just, it's getting warmer. You got to worry about the pounds a little bit. Can't be drinking beers every day, which is very off-brand. Yeah. Yes, it is. Um, but anyway, I'll go first. Uh, I had this beer at Ted's Bulletin in Washington, D.C. a couple of weeks ago, and I can't believe I didn't bring this up on the show at all, but saw this had really good reviews. It was Green City by Other Half Brewing Company, and Other Half, as we have mentioned on this show a few times now, I'm pretty sure, is a New York beer brand. Um, very well popular in the in the city, of course, and scrolling through the beer list, and I said, you know, I I think this is probably the best beer that – the ratings said it was the best beer that I would have this summer. Um, and I think it was up there. I wouldn't say it was the best, but it was up there. I gave this a 4.25, a very heavy American IPA, has 48,000 ratings on Untapped right now, average of around 4.15. That's pretty damn good for a beer. Um Classic IPA with Citra, Centennial, and Simcoe hops. It was an oat IPA too, which I thought was interesting. Um, it was it. It's one of those beers that you look at and you're like, "Wow, that that could pass for orange juice." And was at the point that you know had a salad for lunch, had that. Um, I was walking out a little a little buzzed. I'm a little ashamed to admit it. Those are the uh, best IPAs, though it's yeah and there's this trend on tiktok now that ipas like anyone that likes ipas is just full of shit and you know there's this wave that people are saying that ipas taste like lighter fluid and no one really knows what they're talking about i would like to publicly disavow that because of beers like this i feel like we're in a weird spot with breweries right now and like craft beer where it was such a popularity rise and now it's like mainstream hip, like, oh, you like an IPA with like, you know, a weird name that has like orange peels and moss in it. And people are like, that's I, that's not what I'm about. It needs to get back on the come up. We, we've been slacking on the beer rating. That's why. 
I don't know if you follow Jared Benson on TikTok and Instagram. He's ridiculously funny. But then he posts, he came at the craft beer community this past week. He was talking about the lighter fluid stuff. And he was mimicking every IPA drinker and said, oh, man, like I'm super into this like grunge hipster music. And then he just starts playing like Living on a Prayer by Bon Jovi. I was pissed off. I'm not going to lie. He got me a little heated. It's like, bro, just stay in your lane and enjoy, you know, whatever you want to drink. I don't care. Leave the craft beer to, leave to your, craft um, beer to us. I will say his uh, his videos are very funny. They are. Like, if you're still drinking the, Bud Light in 2022, you should be canceled. So, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. Like, Come on the reg? Yes. Come on. But, like, we are a welcoming craft beer community. It's, it's... Bud Light ain't craft beer. Like... Bud Light's not craft beer. If I'm drinking, if I'm drinking a domestic beer, and we're going to power rank the domestic beers right now, it's, like, Heineken. Well, Heineken, I guess, isn't domestic. not a domestic beer. (laughs) No, mainstream classic beer, Heineken. But if we're going to talk just domestic, I'm going Miller Light 1, Coors Light 2, yeah, I, I think it's reverse for me. I, there's like nothing more refreshing than a Coors Light on a hot summer day. Like I the love Miller's a, great. Love a Miller, so Bud Light would not be top two. I think like Bud Lights are they're like the beer you reach for when they're uh, you you've had a bunch of drinks all day and you just need something to keep you going. That's all. You're not starting off the day with a Bud Light. You're finishing it with a Bud Light. Fair, but not on the reg. Not on the reg. That's fair. I get it. But anyway, Green City by other half was very good. Um, tried to find it in cans, but I seem to be coming up short. So if anyone has some cans of Green City other half, please send them my way. Uh, this is a four two five for me. There are some in the untapped sphere in like our mutual connections that have given this a 4.5. Uh, shout out Matt Testy Slice Gaming, who gave this a very high rating as well. He gave this a 425 um, back on Halloween of 2021. I'm going to have to ask him where he got it because I would like to drink that as well on Halloween this year. <clears throat> so, Orange, it's festive, which is also what I have a festive beer. I had lunch at the good old malted barley, French onion soup, bratwurst on a pretzel and a pumpkin spice latte nitro from Left Hand Brewing Company. I think I've rated this before on the show. I couldn't uh, I couldn't find it, but I already have rated it on Untapped. It was too good to not talk about it again. 4.25 nitro uh, pumpkin beer, which the nitro was just excellent. It wasn't as a heavy like a nitro stout, and the pumpkin beer had the flavor of like not artificial pumpkin because it had that um layer of coffee and cinnamon spices and it was just a perfect fall beer for a crisp night or a crisp afternoon malted barley always has the perfect selection when it comes to seasonal i had an Oktoberfest there i had a red ale there i had banana bread is always good summer fall winter spring but the pumpkin spice latte nitro from left hand brewery was to die for 4.25 would highly recommend 
I have a theory about malted barley, and I think their beer list significantly improves from like right now to the winter. I think they, I don't think there's a beer bar that touches them at this specific time of year. Yeah, because on the flip side, like spring, summer, I would always give to a Bayberry Beer Hall in Providence. Yeah. And they, and like they just like they, they do it right with the IPAs. They have the Fox Farms and the Trilliums and the uh, Finbacks, where it's like those are four fives and above 10 out of 10 times. And you don't get them because it's like we're up in Rhode Island. Well, besides Trillium, but their fall beers are okay. Their stouts are okay. It's like their their bread and butter is the classic New England IPAs that are excellent. Whereas malted barley just mashes with the crowd. It's like they're serving pretzels and soups. It's like let's let's kill it with the fall beers. Let's kill it with the the savory, hearty, warm beers that you know make you feel good. Yeah, I remember vividly the first time I drank banana bread, and I think I had like three pints that night. And banana bread, yeah, that's banana bread that- is perfect. I think the amount of hidden gems that we have found, I'm going to speak for both of us here, in New England, I would venture to say that a good chunk of them came from malted barley. I would probably go out on a limb and say over 50% of the hidden gems that we find. And like, not, I'm talking about like craft breweries that aren't necessarily like known or that are in the wheelhouse of Rhode Island and Massachusetts and and the typical, you know, I, I'd say even Connecticut or like Western Mass too. Like, I would say they're coming from malted barley more than one out of two times. I mean, I'm just looking at on Untapped what I've had at malted barley. I've had a Bissell Brothers there, which I'm actually, you know, pretty uh, surprised about. Neon Rainbows was an IPA from Brewery uh, Omegang, which is, I mean, that's a, a top tier yeah. brewery, but. You don't get in many of those banana right, bread. But New York, like how many yeah. people know about um, a gang that are that are in Rhode Island? You know, the Nitro Rubius from Founders was was very good there. The I wrote a blog about this a couple of years ago, but the Kentucky Bourbon Barrel Age, the Strong Ale from Lexington Brewing Company, Mango Cart from Golden Road Brewing, the Crisp from Six Point, Portland Pale Ale from Lone, uh, Lone Pine. Granola Brown Ale from Black Hog, Tank 7 from Boulevard Brewing. Like those are all, you know, pretty solid names that are just funneled up in the area. Yeah. I'm trying to find what did you do on Untapped to get your the beers you drank there? I just went to Untapped and then I did sort of like my ratings. It didn't show all of them. It just showed some of them. Yeah. I don't know. I'm going to have to come back to that because I definitely think there was some, I mean, that's how I discovered Bentwater Brewing in Lynn. Yeah. Yeah. And I drive past that every time I go up to the North shore, never would have known it was there. Had I not stopped at the malted barley. I would love to go to the other malted barleys. There's one in Florida and there's obviously the one in Westerly. I obviously never been to the Florida one. Do need to stop down at the Westerly one just to see what kind of beer list that they have. I'm sure it's pretty top notch. I hope it's not the same. I hope it would be different. Yeah, that's what I don't know. I feel like it would be relatively the same, which is odd. I do hope it would be different. Who knows? Depends whatever distributors and sales reps, you know, market to them. Yeah. There's probably some overlap, but 
not the full yeah not the full case it's talking beers i mean we've talked we i and again this is malted barley is something that's not new to the show i mean we'd probably do it once every three shows we're talking about yeah i went to the malted barley or i had my pretzel had my beer check them out really good shit let's go to business um two big things here this is a cornerstone of this podcast keeping up with elon musk and the twitter deal and it's going the f through it is allegedly going through so the way this went down was a bit uh, uh, like odd over these past few days too because obviously we know what happened with with the whole bots argument and an impending lawsuit yeah like we're not going to repeat any of that but I guess they leaked his text or somebody leaked his text with a few Which really were hilarious. Yeah. A few really popular people. Like he was texting Joe Rogan. He was texting uh, Jack Dorsey, who was a former CEO of Twitter, all this stuff. The current CEO, those, te- those text messages were like, so what have you done for Twitter? And I'm not joining your board. <laughs> like he was just trolling him. In one text thread with Musk, this is from the Washington Post, by the way, in one text thread with Musk, Oracle co-founder Larry Ellison expressed interest in being part of a Twitter take private deal. Musk asked him roughly what dollar size. Ellison texted back a billion or whatever you recommend. Hmm. And he said, whatever works for you, I'd recommend maybe two billion or more. And then... The crazy part about all this is Larry Ellison from Oracle goes, since you think I should be in for $2 billion, I'm in. What the fuck is going on? That's just, like, absurd money. You know? Like, the, the, the elites of our country and our world can just, like, casually say, yeah, I'm in for $2 billion. It's like, yeah, Elon, I'm in, I'm in for 40 bucks. You know, I'm in for one, one less than one share of your of your company that you're willing to buy right now. Oh my god! Um, I'm trying. But to I mean, things. the reason, like you know, call a spade a spade. The reason why he's buying Twitter or saying he's going to honor the price again was he was going to lose this lawsuit. Oh, of course. That there, so, there was just too much evidence. They and I'm looking at it now. The texts were not leaked. They were released as part of this court process. Part of evidence, yeah. Which is pretty damning because they can use that against him and honestly didn't look great for Elon. So they postponed the deposition that was supposed to, um, you know, supposed to happen. What this means for Twitter, like, again, will the deal go through? I really don't know. And I, I we're going to be talking about this for the next six months. I don't really and, care anymore. Yeah. I don't really like, care anymore. What it, it's what like contracts are signed and I don't know. It's it's one of those things where it's going to, I mean, if this does go through and we've talked about it in the past, Washington, D.C. is going to be pissed about it because they don't want Elon to have, you know, the, the empowerment of the free speech. And, you know, we have politicians talking about it and we're not talking politics, but it's just something to talk about. They still need to figure out the whole bot situation with Twitter, like if it's really this spammy app. And they need to like fix the platform itself. Like I was talking, I forgot who it was. Someone mentioned it to work a couple of days ago, but they were just like, isn't it crazy that Twitter is this, you know, billion, billion dollar company with all of these people. And they just couldn't figure out how to do an edit button. Like what gets done in this organization that you're literally your only product feedback 
from the app by honest users that use it every day and tweet at you say, give me a fucking edit button. And you cannot do that. You're telling me you can't write a lineup code to do an edit button? Well, they could. They just didn't want to. I think it almost became more of a troll because they would tweet out, like, from the Twitter Twitter account. They'd be like, hey, we're getting an update today. Maybe it has an edit button. You'll never know. <laughs> it's like, it's- and that was a joke. And it's like, okay, but, like, there's going to be one day where someone makes the next Twitter and, like, they're going to lose people. Yeah, I mean, hey, you can argue, you can argue Trump has the next Twitter. Right? It's 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 not out of the question. It's not crazy. But well, I mean, he's already got that's my point. He's got truth social. It's already there. Or you know, we can't we can't we we cannot be certain anymore that you know Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat are the only social media platforms that people use. It's a case study in itself in such a new industry. MySpace came and went. Reddit is a dying platform. Connor talks about it on the podcast today that that TikTok has lost its fastball. You know, not to say that like, you know, one day Instagram and Facebook are going to become obsolete because they have the most users, but you know, this new social media app be real. It's very different and it's like, you know, it's more in the moment sporadic kind of thing, but how it's many the total opposite of being real too it's like oh hold on everybody like make this shit uh look nicer so it looks like my life is interesting exactly so but again a new platform comes up where who knows how long it'll last but twitter cannot stay in this idle position with musk or not to be able to you know still compete it should or get off the pot for twitter and if not musk then who i fear that their days are numbered if someone doesn't come in and start figuring their shit out. Because let's get real. You and I use Twitter every day. We're on multiple times a day. We are that's how we market the things we do. That's like, you know, without Twitter, I don't know what we'd be. But you look at media in the future, what does it look like? I'm not sure Twitter's a part of it in 10 years unless and this is with Elon <clears throat> Musk or without him. Right. Let's get that clear. I really don't know what the right solution is here. Hopefully he's the guy. Hopefully you see the guy and then we can stop talking about it and move on to the next headline. And to move on to our next topic, we talked about this a few weeks ago. Kim Kardashian has a private equity firm now. Good for her. Who doesn't? Uh, And now she is already in some hot water. She has to pay 1.26 million, which is, let me preface this with, this is chump change for her. 1.26 mil to settle an SEC investigation into her role in a crypto deal. So basically the SEC is alleging that she failed to disclose money that she was paid for promoting a crypto to investors. I knew something was bound to happen. And this is just such a Kardashian move. Like, hey, here is this, all this cool stuff we're doing. We're investing in a bunch of stuff. We are going to ride this crypto wave and this retail investment wave. But like, oh, also I got a check from this shit coin that I just promoted to you. Obviously very illegal. Um, I don't know. I thought she was going to fuck up somehow. 
did I think it was in crypto? Could have fooled me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you would think also with the money that she has that she puts herself in the position with like smart people in the room. You know, and I'm not I'm not saying that Kim Kardashian isn't smart. That's that's don't cancel me on this take. I'm just <laughs> I'm just saying if I had that much money and I was forming, you know, the VC in the firm that she was doing, I would pay for the smartest people in the room to make sure that we're not fucking up. So, uh, yeah, I, I agree with that for the record. Um, she took 250K from Emacs, which is Ethereum Max crypto tokens. Um, so this is the same kind of deal. I guess two very high profile people were charged with this in 2018. And I, like, I don't know, were people on crypto in 2018? I guess they were more mining Bitcoin and shit, but... DJ Khaled and Floyd Mayweather both got rung up too. Uh, Steven Seagal, this just happened to a couple of years ago. I mean, like, everybody got fair warning, right? Like, you know what the deal is. And to your point, her lawyer should know what the deal is too. It's like, people have been burned by this shit. I don't know why. I don't know why no one's in her ear saying, hey, Kim, pump the fucking brakes here. Um, you know, you got to be careful what you say about crypto to retail investors. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's money laundering. It's crypto. It's it's what we know. It's what we know in 2022. Oh, goodness. That's talking Kim K. Uh, we'll go balls. Uh, some rapid fire. Aaron Judge obviously hit 62 homers. Um, and now the MLB playoffs are, are set. The bracket is locked in. Do we have any people in your eyes that drew the short straw? or potentially have a very easy path to be completely honest i think this playoffs is one of the best playoffs yet in terms of talent i truly think that anyone can come out of either side now i still think the alcs is going to be yankees astros but anybody truly can come out on on each side short end of the stick Hate to say to our Mets fans, especially to the people near and dear in our hearts at the House Enterprise brand, but they blew it. Ten and a half leads to blow. If that happened to the Yankees, they would be laughed out of town. And, the, you know, the Padres are a team that underperformed. Yes, they made the playoffs, but it's like they should be doing so much more. You know, they still were 20 games back from the Dodgers, which just proves how crazy the Dodgers season had. But that is not an easy easy game whatsoever because the Mets rely so heavy on their starting pitching they were coming in with this you know two-headed monster and perfect rotation to be like we can win games without our offense because we have guys that are going to go seven eight nine innings every single matchup but Jacob DeGrom and Matt Scherzer prove that they're not they're human too and they blew it against the Braves and the fact that they have to burn their top pitchers in the wild card sucks. And now they're saying that like, oh, we're going to save DeGrom for the ALDS. You got to make it to the ALDS. The Padres are not a team. You, you Darvish is lights out. He is firing at all cylinders. That's a first tough game. And then facing a Joe Musgrove in game two, you're going to a three game set. If you're lucky. I agree. I think for me, I'm looking at this bracket and 
like yeah the phillies are the trendy like oh they snuck in who knows how they can screw things up but i mean i like i think i really like the cardinals to potentially get to the nlcs um we've seen their pitching super reliable and we've seen their hitting i mean their offense has just exploded with fucking pools deciding he wants to take on 2005 form insane oh stop that <laughs> he's a family man i love albert Pujols. something's fishy something's fishy it's his inner goodness that's fishy well wow. shout out for baseball for having milestone seasons pool hole 700 yeah. miguel cabrera 3000 aaron judge 62 but are the balls juiced in a dead ball era for these guys is is albert Pujols juiced after batting 500 after the all-star break i don't know one thing i will say on this topic because i wish i wasn't in love with the yankees and want them to win this would be a season that if i was a casual baseball fan i'm rooting for the cardinals 100 percent I probably would be too, even though I can't really stand the Cardinals. I mean, they they have a very good story, and I think they have a very good team. I think it's the most underrated team in the playoffs right now, to be totally how, honest. How cool is them all walking off together in that regular season game? Yep, Wainwright, Pujols, and uh, and Yachty. That's awesome. That's Nothing sick. Better. And now Yachty's going to have his managerial job in the World Baseball Classic. It's a team that, like, even for me, who, like, you know, grew up with my dad as a Cubs fan and the rule in the house, I was like, no, we don't root for the Cardinals, right? Um, They're just a likable team right now. I hate to say it. They're pretty likable, which sucks. And I think, again, they have the most underrated squad on this uh, on this playoff slate here. Yeah. Crazy shit. Um, time will tell. Playoffs start this week and we're going to next week's going to be a mayhem episode for for this kind of stuff cuz it's like we'll have we'll have some clarity on who's going to do well. Um we will close our ball segment and then we'll go into our interview with Conspiracy all-time guest. Uh let's we're, we're going to start doing each week we'll pick one contender and one pretender from the NFL season uh you want to do contenders first uh i'll open it up to you yeah so we'll do with contenders and it pains me to say this but the philadelphia eagles are my number one contender until they prove me otherwise i know i know i did not believe in jalen hurts he's proven us wrong jalen hurts is like the second coming of lamar jackson he's the lamar jackson of the nfc do it on both sides of the ball their offense you know the fact that they're doing it without like crazy numbers from like AJ Brown is, is quite incredible. The Eagles, I, you know, Eddie said it on the hundredth episode, there's a chance that they go 11 and 0. There's, I think that could be right actually. Yeah. So that's my contender. Yeah. They're the only undefeated team in the league right now, which is nuts Um, for a contender. I, I think I am going to take the Jacksonville Jaguars. I hate to say it. This is the year that Trevor Lawrence actually looks pretty good. And everything's clicking for them in a, in a, in a shit division. You could see now we know it's not like, Hey, Trevor sucks. And he just objectively is going to be bad. It's oh, urban Meyer was bad. I mean, that organization was a mess and a, it's not like Doug Peterson won like a ton of stuff. Yeah, he has a Super Bowl ring, but it goes to show you get a coach that actually knows what he's doing and you could achieve some good things. 
really crazy. I think the Jags are in it this year. Shout out Eric Dunn. Shout out Dunn and Drew. They've been basking in the glory of it all. Even with this loss this past week, they competed, I thought. And those are uh, those are the contenders. Uh, I will say, pretender of mine has to be right now in current state the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And this was tough because it pains my heart that still loves Tom Brady. Um, first of all, RIP to Tom and Giselle. That really sucks. Uh, we confirmed that's where it was going. You know, I, it's not the mass singer overall, or a, after all that, I mean, it's uh, they're getting, they're lawyering up and, and calling it off. So RIP to that marriage. Um, I just don't know. Tom looked off this year, of course, but it's like, where is the rest of the help? Mike Evans has been good. Um, you know, <clears throat> Godwin's going to come back and God only knows what form. Gronk's obviously gone. The offensive line looks to have worsened in Tampa. The defense, not what it was last year. Um, right now, Tampa's a pretender for me. I think that's I think that's fair to say, which sucks. It 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 sucks. Um I think there's still a chance that, you know, maybe when this divorce stuff clears up or it goes quiet or whatever it is, you know, Brady can focus on some football and they can, you know, put it together. It's still very on and early in the season. They're just not looking like the team right now. And they weren't looking like the team they were before too. I mean, you look through and yes, they have, it hasn't been the easiest schedule. They, you know, Dallas was 19 to three. That was a weird win against the saints. It was 20 to 10. They won that one. They lost their last two against Green Bay and Kansas City. I get it. Those are two tough teams, but it's just like something was off. Like a 14-12 to 12 loss to Green Bay? I don't think Tom had a touchdown in that one. No, he uh, – no, I don't think he did. Yes, he did. He had one uh, in garbage time at the end of the game, but they missed that two-point conversion. Yeah. And that's tough to watch because, number one, Brady's my fantasy quarterback, but number two – it's like, when do we start see him crashing down? It's not all on him. I refuse to say like, oh, you know, he just sucks. He's going to dwindle off into the sunset or whatever. But you got to think, when does he get bored of all this shit and re-retire if his team sucks? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, my my contender is is similar to yours where, I mean, my pretender, it's the Rams. It's the Rams. I had them. I had them repeating in the NFC, and Matthew Stafford's just not it. I, I, I hate it. I know it's it's tough because I also have him in fantasy, and I'm looking looking to improve in the quarterback room because Matthew Stafford, yeah, he's throwing the ball to Cooper Cup, but Cooper Cup can't do it by himself. Matthew Stafford looks old and raggedy, throwing interceptions, not getting the ball out fast enough. The run game hasn't really been there. The defense, like, yeah, they're holding their own, but and granted, they had had a tough draw you know playing the bills and the 49ers um you know the first couple weeks it's like those those are not gimme wins whatsoever and the nfc west is a cop it's a it's a it's a complicated division especially with geno smith and the seahawks playing the way they are i don't know what's to make of that division now because i want to call san francisco a contender because they look good. I still don't know. 
I still don't know. Like, I'm not comfortable assigning any team in that division, maybe besides the Rams, like one of those two, because I just don't know. And maybe the Rams come back and, you know, what I'm fearing is that, oh, was last year's Super Bowl a fluke on both sides? Were those physically, was that the Super Bowl of pretenders long-term? It might be. They, They were just teams that got hot at the right time. And, you know, when the, when the Rams traded for Von Miller and added OBJ, it's like, wow. Like those are two star studded A-list players on both sides of the ball that can get the job done where it's like, Hey, this team gets some juice, some new life in it. Let's, let's go win a Super Bowl. Let's get it done. And they, you know, they had the storyline of Matthew Stafford has been stuck in Detroit this whole year. And they had to, you know, eat some picks to trade away Jared Goff's contract and and they did it. And McVay was on the hot seat and Aaron Donald was questioning retirement. It was, it needed to happen for them this year. They're not proving it for me. They're not proving it for me. I wanted to say the Packers, but I like the Rams pick better. Yeah. I still think the Packers might have it though. Their defense looks good. Um, I don't know. Aaron Rodgers is still fine. He's the same old QB he was. When they lose to the Giants in London, then they'll... <laughs> then then he could call them pretenders, yes. Yeah, they're, then they're pretending. I'll give you the license to do that. Yeah. Um, where the hell's Odell going to end up? That's my question. I don't know. He was on like a little like college recruitment tour. Opened up the game at for the LA, then saying like Bills with the eye emojis, swinging by the Giants... Could team up with Aaron Rodgers. All those memes that he's treating it like an NIL tour. Literally could go to, he could team up with Brady. He could. I would love Odell and the Patriots. Mm. Or like, I think he would fit fine with Brady and the Buccaneers, but for, for the Pats that have, I mean, they just can't figure it out. Like they just keep bringing in WR threes and saying, congrats, you're a WR one now. I think yeah, the only I, I think the only team that's like a question mark for his return would be the Giants, where it's like it doesn't make Why sense. Do that again? I think because it's like a new regime, and he's like boys with like Saquon and Sterling Shepard, and you know they could obviously use a wide receiver. It'll be like the Giants will be in the play for Odell again. I don't think he goes there whatsoever. I think he'll be in play if they have a winning record come. November 1st. Yeah, it's fair. Where it's like, okay, this Giants team is seven and two, six and three. We can make a sneaky run depending on how the NFC is. I think the easy cop out answer is returning to LA. And, you know, that just makes the most sense. But, you know, Odell is a, he's a unpredictable guy where, you know, whatever team is hot at the moment, and also a veteran quarterback that's, you know, ready to win, he could he could go there. Yeah, I feel like that's – this is all going down the path of him just going back to L.A. Like, it would be wild if he, like, teamed up in Arizona when DeAndre Hopkins comes back. That shouldn't – well, how crazy would this be? It would be D-Hop, Hollywood, and Odell, and then Rondale Moore gets his ass shipped off somewhere that sucks. You know, Lamar could use a wide receiver. 
Yeah, because who's his? Uh, it's like Bateman. Who else does he have? Nobody else really, right? I mean, there's Andrew. that other guy. There's that other guy that like I forgot his name. Forgot his name, but I mean the Devin. bill. The Bills, the Bills could be in play. You think so? I don't think it's out of the question. Odell's not going to go to a team that's not in the position to win. Yeah, I agree. I it's just playoff. Don't know. It's playoff contender or nothing. Yeah. Um. And now I'm looking at the Ravens roster because I totally forgot who their WRs are. Is um, it Dunleavy? That's not it. Well, Duvernay. Duvernay. He's... Duvernay. I thought he just returns punts. Does he, like, catch passes, too? I think so. Shit. Yeah, like, no one stands out to me. All right, what the hell are the stats? Who's leading? It's probably Bateman. Well, I mean, receiving yards is Mark Andrews. Um, yeah, Bateman, and then Duvernay actually has almost 200 yards. Um, <laughs> Some guy named Isaiah Likely, too, to, <laughs> to end. I don't know. This Ravens team, I... Uh, jury's out for me on if they're good or not. That'll be a recurring segment too. Where does Odell go? Power rankings. <laughs> the confidence meter of Odell. Right now, gun to my head, I say Rams. Yeah, Rams are probably the play. I say Rams one, Bills two, Ravens three, Giants four, Packers, Bucks, Field. Uh, field would probably be pretty tasty to bet, but staying away from it. I don't know. I say Rams right now. We'll 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 reconvene in two weeks. Yes, unless he signs like tomorrow. Yeah, let's get to Con. Let's Con. do it. <laughs> we we left Con waiting. Spooky season. Yeah, it's a long pod. Spooky season preview with. None other than Connor, uh, guest number two ever. And then I don't know what episode he came on next, but it was halfway between now and between now and day one. Um, this is really cool. We got Salem Witch Trials on deck. We're talking some vampires and we're also talking the man who killed Halloween. This is a wild conspiracy or not conspiracy. It just happens. A wild crime. Let's talk some spooky season, folks. Here's Connor. All right, everybody, with us this week, three-time recurring guest, major friend of the program, and the one to kick off spooky season, because we're now in October, it's Conspiracy, Guantanamo Con, Connor, joins the podcast yet again. We're talking things that we're going to do in the future, some morbid sports, but today it's about Salem witch trials, some vampire talk, and all things about Halloween. So Connor, welcome back to the podcast. We are Always happy to have you on. The mustache is looking impeccable today, as always, and we're ready to roll. How's the, everything going? Thank you, Will. Thank you, guys. Happy to be back on. As you know, I'm not only a recurring guest, but an avid listener, so happy to kick off the spooky season, my favorite time of year. Let's get it This going. is, I mean, this is the, like, obviously, you're posting TikToks and content every day, all day long, but is October, like, your you know, it starts tingling a little bit where it's like, I got to be on my A game, get new stuff going and people are asking for it. Big time. Absolutely. October is always my biggest month. It's morbid facts season. Is October also, is this just the way the moon is or like, are the planets in retrograde or is your mustache really like that curly and full? Combination of 
all three, in fact. <laughs> but I, I mean, I, I said it before we hit record. I think it's the best it's looked. Like I appreciate that. From a, a friend to a friend with no other intention than that. That is the best. That is the best yeah. your mustache has ever looked. That means a lot. Usually I don't have it this good until the end of No Shave November, and it's only October, so sky's so the limit. Are you going to shave that before No Shave November? I don't or... believe so, unless I hit $5 million before November. That's the deal on my TikTok. Uh, what are you at? Uh, 4.3 mil. I remember I one of the, well, it was either the first or second time you just eclipsed like one or two million. Yeah, that happened quick, honestly. That was like only two months within me actually starting a TikTok. But I mean, it's kind of been stagnant now. TikTok is, I would say, a dying app. YouTube and Facebook and Insta have kind of taken the TikTok platform and just done better things with it. TikTok doesn't really have anything that separates it at this point. And I don't mind that it's falling because, I mean, it's owned by China. <laughs> Chinese government and it also explicitly says in the terms and services that they can spy on you so you know I wouldn't mind moving on to something else if the opportunity is there for me if there is one person in the world that is reading the terms and conditions of TikTok I know it's you oh absolutely (laughs) cover to cover you're like that the one South Park episode they had of Apple where it's like did you read the terms of conditions Human Sentai Pad. Oh, those Human Sentai Pad. Certifiably <laughs> the most disgusting episode of anything alive. No, oh, no question. Fantastic oh, episode. God. Man. Wait, so if you're an avid listener too, then where do you, do you stack yourself up in like the top five of guests or are you farther down the list in your own eyes? Like where, where do you stack up in the guest list? I think I'm number one. Top two and not two. That's right. Yep. That's it. Just making sure making sure you were that's a check to see if you'd humble yourself no that's perfect nope. that's not what we want he's our only good, guest good. that went to a beer festival with us that's very true um, no one else would ever james do counts oh you guys had james on clubfoot jim he was he was in with uh the the writers he's he's actually been on a couple of times now at least three you know what he guest hosted when the lockout ended in and you had your tonsils out you I didn't. made him come on the pod and talk with me about baseball in July 2020 or June 2020. Well, he's it? an employee and we and Connor's not an employee yet. I'm still waiting for the <laughs> Connor, the, the conspiracy video show and, and podcast to be under the house network. Yeah, no, it's coming soon. Trust me. There we go. Make it happen. So we did our catch up. Let's dive right in. I think we got to start with Salem Witch Trials, right? That is... If we're talking spooky season in October, it's the Salem Witch Trials, especially with Hocus Pocus 2. Not so scary movie, but similar vibes, you know, just dropping. I think the scariest part of Hocus Pocus 2 is Sarah Jessica Parker's acting. Did you guys see it? You guys watch it? I did did not watch the end of it. I'm like seven of it (laughs) and make it through. It's a cute Disney show. It's a it's a revitalization of a 30 year old movie. You know, what would you expect? I have I have lower <laughs> expectations. I haven't seen it yet, but I watched it more because it was like filmed in our backyard. Right. Because oh, yeah. like, was, I what? like Newport? I was at the Walgreens that you and I go there all the time. It's like that's oh, really? yeah. That's oh yeah. They uh they closed off Federal Hill around this time last year and uh had like a detail around all the actors and shit. Cool, yeah. I, I heard uh 
they didn't actually film much in Salem. I heard Salem's actually kind of a letdown if you're going to go there for Halloween. It's just overrated. Yeah. Yeah, overrated, yeah, and kind of overplayed with the whole the whole spooky thing. They could have just kept it as the old buildings and told the story, you know. I, I would say so. I also say this as not having done the witch stuff in Salem, though. Like, I haven't gone into the witch museum. Mm. I'm sure the reviews are what they are. Um, it's just a little touristy. It's a little touristy. That's exactly, yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> back in the 1500s, wasn't so touristy, obviously. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, what were the witches actually doing from your perspective? And tell us what you know about the Salem witch trials. So... There's a lot of different theories. So let's just go through the witch trials, a brief summary. Uh, started in spring of 1692, lasted about a year. Started with these two young girls, Betty Paris and Abigail Williams, who were having, they were experiencing these strange symptoms. They were throwing fits, they were screaming, having these weird mood swings, crawling under furniture, having convulsions, saying their skin was being pricked with pins and needles. And eventually these, symptoms spread throughout town. It was almost always young girls, which makes sense since in Puritan society, women were perceived to be mentally, I guess, weaker and therefore more susceptible to the devil's grasp, you could say. And since they had no medical diagnosis for these behaviors, people started pointing fingers at people, others within Salem, saying that they were practicing witchcraft. Um, and basically, if you were accused, there was no way of getting out of it. You, you had no way of defending yourself. You could confess and give up your land, or you could refuse to confess and be executed. And all in all, over 200 people were accused, and 24 were executed, including two babies and two dogs. Which Holy shit. Most people don't know. Yeah, it's messed up. I did not come across that in research. Why did they execute dogs? Did they think the dogs were also practicing witchcraft? Practicing black magic, yeah, that was that was the claim. No one was safe back then, is the point. It started out with people who were outcasts of society, uh, a slave, Tichuba the slave, if you read The Crucible, one woman who just didn't attend church, one woman was a homeless beggar, and then it just kind of spiraled out of control from there, and no one was safe. Just, yeah, dogs, come on. Not the dogs, man. Not the dogs. <sighs> So obviously the magic was huge, you know, per se back then, but what was the counter magic that people could erase this witchcraft? Uh, well, the counter magic, I mean, basically if you pointed your finger at someone, if you didn't like them, they would, they were done. So I think, so it really boils down to the ergot theory. The ergot poisoning theory. Have you guys heard that one? Yeah, they sure. got it from, uh, it was something about the chemicals and or the fungus and rye bread or some shit. Right, right. So I personally believe that the trials started out as um, this ergot poisoning. So in 1691, the year before Salem started, it was apparently a very hot and stormy harvest season, which would have created the perfect conditions for the formation of this fungus on the rye, their rye crop, which is basically their biggest crop. They pretty much only ate rye. And this fungus can cause many different symptoms, which lined up with what 
the two young girls that I mentioned earlier were experiencing uh, mass confusion, convulsions, mood swings, the pins and needles feeling on their skin. And not to mention ergot is the derivative form of LSD. So basically the theory states that either these two girls, at least these two girls were tripping and possibly everyone else was just tripping and thinking that they're witches and all that. So it was a theory that they were just like, was it euphoric all the time or were they just like, they probably had no idea. So they just kept eating rye bread. They had no idea yet. Yeah. Well, they, they were aware of the fungus, but they didn't think it was a poison. Yeah. So. Then you keep eating rye bread and you're just in a constant trip where you think you're a, a witch. You're and in a I constant trip. Came out of my mouth. Yeah. And it's 1692. You don't have Google. Uh, <laughs> Dinosaurs weren't even discovered. You can Google this shit. No WebMD. No no YouTube videos to show that there are no videos of witches. You know, that's the only reason you and I don't believe in witches today is because there there's no YouTube videos of them. Back then, all they had was the Bible. You know, so there wasn't much. There wasn't much to uh, you know turn them away from that idea. Yeah, there was no there was no Conair back in the. 1600s saying ye old morbid facts part 109 exactly i would have debunked it quick would have debunked the witch trials quick but i mean the thing is if you spoke out against the witch trials you'd be in league with the witches so you're a toast no matter what basically and interestingly enough the uh the trials ended in 1693 during which there was a huge drought in the area so the the idea is that there was no more ergot poisoning on the rye plant. I thought it was really interesting too, when looking into the theories of how people got so crazy, um, the hysteria from the Native American attacks too at the time. I mean, this is, you have to think, when did America get colonized? Only a matter of 30, 40 years before this, maybe even less. Um, Definitely. And you still have a huge Native American population that was just coming in and raiding some villages. So I don't 100%. know. Right. I don't know how much merit that had in all this, but that's that seems to be a really common theory as well. I think it was the perfect storm of many things like that. I think it possibly started out as a few people just having these strange symptoms and not knowing where to point. And then it just spiraled into this mass hysteria i mean the fact that yeah the indian raids and they're in uh it was a, a depressing impoverished area you know it created the perfect conditions for for an event like this to occur and what do you think i guess from your perspective like say if this should happen in 2022 i mean oh dude it's still happening bro <laughs> COVID 19 oh god <laughs> Spotify's gonna flag us. <laughs> Sorry, oh, take that one out. Edit Spotify's that one out. gonna hit us. I remember the first day, like Spotify started putting the uh, note for that, and I was like, they actually do that. Yeah. The Rogan read, yeah, the Rogan oh, wow. read, yeah, just well, bleed me. Too. Just bleed <laughs> me on that one. My Sorry, bad. Spotify and Anchor, we we love you both. <laughs> <laughs> so that's Salem witch trials. Anything else to add to this to this topic? Uh, um. Con, what about Giles Corey too? I mean, we we we're talking about Ooh. like getting pressed to death. I mean, like, let's just let's talk about how fucked up of a punishment this was, real quick. It's like 
the renderings of this poor guy getting like actually pressed. I mean, he was, I'm pretty sure this dude was paralyzed for a few days before he actually died when he got pressed. Yeah, he was 81. So uh, yeah, that makes sense. Um, That's literally insane. Really messed up. Only time that it's ever been, it's ever occurred in the US as far as we know. Um, but also the thing is, uh, Giles Corey was apparently a massive douche. Yeah, <laughs> apparently he once allegedly once murdered a man and got away with it through bribery since he was a successful farmer. And he also testified against his own wife when she spoke out against the witch trials, which again, if you if you did that, you were already accused to be a witch. So I mean, if there was anyone who deserved that kind of treatment, it was it was probably Giles Corey. So between the stone pressing, getting stoned, and hanging, just yeah. take the, I say you're gonna take the noose at that point. That's probably oh yeah, a badass way to go though. I mean, his his last words were uh, more weight, right? Although it probably didn't sound too badass. It probably sounded more like more, more weight. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Not great. But yeah, messed up, dude. 81. I mean, to be the only guy to ever get pressed in the U.S., we're still talking about him. We're still talking about him. I mean, it's a bad way to go, but not the worst way to go, you know? It's memorable. Uh, Yeah, Tondo, you make a good point. Remember in that Family Guy episode, they're cut away from a... It's like a murder of some sort. Like some guy gets killed by his wife and his last words are, please don't let two like teenage white girls make a podcast about me. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And now here we are talking about Giles Corey, who probably said the same thing. Please don't let conspiracy bring this up in 2020. (laughs) RIP kill and tell. That's that's talking Salem witch trials. I mean, that's some really crazy shit i mean con to your knowledge i was scrolling through i mean this has to be one of the most prime examples of mass hysteria in in america right now and obviously you or i'm not right now i should say in history right this is like the first thing that everybody legitimately panicked over right and without but staying away from COVID in recent times right i mean it's like this was arguably the thing that people got the most worked up over in American history. Um, as far I'm, as serious. Yeah. I'm trying to think of other examples and I mean, you, you could obviously point at like Nazi Germany, that type of thing. That's it's a different story, but yeah. in in America, I mean, I think we, we learned a lot from those trials. It's good that we have that documented so we can look back on it and say, all right, well, it's not let that happen again because that was fucking crazy. It was yeah. literally unbelievable. And now we have a, a obviously it's played up a bit in Salem, right? There's the witch museums and stuff. I, I would actually like to go to like one witch museum and just see how that story is told because I yes, mean, what's horrors are a little cringe, right? I get that, but at least like at least want to go see it for myself uh, in the actual museum or something, you know. I wonder what they actually have at the museum because they don't really know uh, where the people were buried were buried because it, w- it wasn't like a typical uh, Christian burial, you know. They have the headstones like as more of like show in that graveyard mm-hmm. that's in the town. And you okay. can see like it says like the date, their age and like how they died. 
Um, so you like walk past and it's like, oh yeah, there's Giles Corey and it says like stone or uh, pressed to death, like stuff like that. But I've never done the inside of the museums, just the outside. Yeah, I'd like to see it. It'd be cool. I mean, it's it's crazy that it only ended because the, the governor's wife got uh, accused of being a witch. And they were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, she's, she's clean. Well, so we gotta- she's an elite. <laughs> yeah. We she's an elite. <laughs> but that's gotta- kind of fucked up, too, because she probably had, like, you know, hey, this ergot theory seems to make sense here. It's like, oh, she was probably eating rye bread, too. But that batch went bad. All of a sudden, yeah, she's I mean- talking about sorcery and casting a spell on her husband. Exactly. And when everyone else is talking about it, what's preventing you? I agree. It's very true. Um, To totally, I guess in the same vein, there's a wild conspiracy about vampires out there. Yeah, that one was crazy. I was I was reading that article. I don't know much about that, but it's very strange. Yeah, like, you know what, I think when we were looking at vampires, it's like, let's just start and see what kind of wild shit people are saying right now and from about six or seven years ago there's this conspiracy that there are just thousands of vampires like out and about and they're just normal people that also suck on blood of others yeah and just drink blood and whatnot they don't they obviously don't turn into bats and all that and apparently they're unaware of the uh the cultural the cultural depiction of vampires they just kind of live their own vampire lifestyle <laughs> so i mean hot take jeffrey dahmer little vampire in him oh yeah there you go definitely when he drank that vial of blood 100 percent. that oh, i still haven't finished that netflix series but crazy same yeah yeah very very good depiction honestly evan peters is just fantastic of course perfect dahmer are the reviews good? It's, oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's I think it's fantastic. They, it's fucked up. It's it's fucked up. Yeah, that's. that's my, I might need to put that on the list. I didn't I realize think, like it it you know as we were what teenagers when Shaw, songs like uh, Dark Horse by Katy Perry came out with Juicy J and shit like and like the Eminem song that referenced it. There was like five or six like big name A list artists referencing jeffrey dahmer in their songs kesha was one of them eminem juicy j and it's like yeah they're fucking like middle school dances singing those songs like wild yeah i saw the tiktoks of that people posting old videos of it i wonder if those artists even know what they were rapping about you know because i mean when you're gonna get canceled after that they all had to like (laughs) apologize and stuff being like yeah like (laughs) we didn't know the gruesome details of this guy we just knew he was like eating hearts yeah, we do not support cannibalism. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and showering over dead bodies. Oh my god. Yeah. Anything yeah, stick out for in the vampire realm for Yukon? Is there anything that you stumbled across that you're like, wow, holy shit, this might have some legs to it? Not necessarily. I think it's interesting how uh, in the 1800s it kind of rose from mostly from literature. People based a lot of that stuff on Vlad the Impaler from the 1500s, and uh, in the 1800s, there a lot of there's a lot of pictures you can find online of <clears throat> skeletons that were buried with bricks in their mouths and cages outside of their their tombstones and whatnot. So I mean, it was apparently all based on just literature. 
And I don't know if people took it as fact or what, but uh, I would say the problem with vampires is it was kind of ruined by Hollywood in the early 2000s. I'm not talking about the little vampire. That one's fire movie, but <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember if that one's good or not, but <laughs> I'm saying Twilight and sexualizing them. I don't know. Kind of, kind of killed them all. <laughs> Having Robert Pattinson. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, is that is that Hollywood's ploy of hiding vampire identity? There you go. Very true. Could that be. one might have some one. One I haven't considered. Because I don't like again, um, Connor. You have you ever seen American Horror Story and stuff like that? Yeah, I've seen like the first like six seasons or so. Yeah, one of the newer seasons was like talking about, obviously it's all fictional, but it's like, um, it was based off of like famous celebrities are wintering in Cape Cod. And it was like they, to earn their keep in like Hollywood and like be successful, you can like take this pill. And it pretty much is like, it makes you successful, rich and famous. It like just elevates your talents. But in return, you become a vampire and you're just like drinking people's blood to survive. I can see it. So it's and like I celebrities mean, drinking blood. I, I don't think it's out of the question. You get into Illuminati and shit. A hundred percent. I think they're very likely transfusing uh, the blood of babies into themselves to stay young. So that's. Is that just blood doping? Uh, I guess, yeah. <laughs> Is that the same thing Lance Armstrong did, I guess? Did he do it from the blood of babies? Not from babies. That that was a joke. Hey, there's something we might need to look into was was Lance Armstrong a vampire. That one might have have some wings. So we might might need to call his dentist. (laughs) (laughs) We're out on vampires, but how about werewolves? werewolves i don't know too much about the history of werewolves honestly that's a good one to look into because that's like the yin and yang of like you know again over hollywood over hollywoodized and you know yeah made more cinematic but are there werewolves living among us could be man in in a certain sense i don't know about the whole full moon thing again i think a lot of this stuff is just based on fun literature but could have some merit you know and my third one, which again, it's not really, it's not really Halloween, but we're talking about living amongst sleeper cells. <laughs> you believe in that or no? Uh, what do you mean? Like the Russian secret, like sleeper cells where it's like, they like, they they were, you know, Russian communist spies that brought into America that like, once they hear one word, they're turned into you know oh oh yeah um yeah so i would say uh a lot of what the cia was doing in the 60s i think they were trying to create something like that uh apparently charles manson uh was was part of that same with the unabomber i don't know if it's if there was one word that triggered them but they were sort of turned into that where something triggered them to act in crazy ways so I could see it, yeah. What was the show? The secret phrase was, gosh, that Italian family sure is quiet. That was the that secret one. phrase, and it, like, woke people up. It just woke up a bunch of sleeper cells. So I forgot what that was. Because no one would ever say such a thing was the logic. Hmm. I could see it, man. That was fictional, but... 
<laughs> I was gonna say that sounds like <laughs> that sounds like Family Guy. It probably was. I did not make mean to make two Family Guy references here today. Well, um, that's bizarre, dude. They're doing some crazy stuff in the '60s with, with LSD and all that. They're at least trying to figure out how they could create a supercell. That's so fucked up. I mean, again, like Stranger Things is fictionalized and, you know, a cinematic experience, but it was based off of the Montauk project and all of the conspiracies behind that. Yeah, exactly. That's that's part of what I'm referring to. Yeah, Montauk, the or uh, Mont's MK Ultra, that one. Yeah, a lot of that going on back then. A lot of brainwashing. That really could have some legs. I think that is there's just too much around that and too many versions and too much data to say like, oh, here's how a clandestine cell system works. Um, I yeah, I would. I think they could figure it out at least eventually. I think it's definitely possible. But are we in a like? I guess in like the society we live in today, and it's like again stuff that you work on with your content. Like, is it kind of like when something like this gets legs, like whatever we're talking about? And like you publicize it on your TikTok and it starts like gaining traction. Like, do people just assume it's like, oh, it's, you know, fictional content clickbait type of thing? Or like, where is that point where like it actually becomes real? Yeah, I think that's the problem. I think it really needs to go viral. I mean, you could see that with the whole UFO thing. I, I don't really post a lot of content about it because people are like, yeah, okay. But I mean, it's finally slowly gaining some, some ground in that sense. Most people, will just dismiss one video that they see. Although there's always those people that will see one video and it'll completely change their perception of reality. But yeah, it takes sadly uh, the mainstream media and all that to come into play for people to actually uh, listen to some of these things, you know? But then it gets brushed over. Like people were knocking at the, you know, the doors of area 51 about UFOs and stuff. And we're going to do a raid. And then the white house releases files and everyone's like, Okay. Yeah, that it blows my mind, dude. I don't even get me going on it. <laughs> they were literally given proven evidence of like, yeah, you know, we've been like actually uh, tracking UFOs. And again, how, you know, what's the deterrent that they're throwing to hide something else? You know, that's a whole conversation on its own. But people are right, just exactly. like, people Why are just are like, okay. Cool. Yeah, it blows, it makes me mad. It's hard, cold yeah. evidence. There's videos. There's there's many testimonials of com- naval commanders going on the record saying, "Yeah, I saw something that I 100% cannot explain in my 30 years of flight experience." And people are just like, "Uh, oh, you know, probably just like wasn't looking or something." <laughs> wasn't looking. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Blows my mind, dude. It's crazy shit. Um, we'll, we'll finish with one more mind-blowing story that you had actually brought up, Con. I did not know about this. This was the man who killed Halloween. Um, yes. Ronald Clark O'Brien. What a fucked up story this was. Crazy, man. I and mean, every finished- year... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, every year I, I look for uh, Halloween content, and there's really not that much, but this story specifically is like the cream of the crop it's the reason why your it's the reason why your parents would always check your halloween candy for drugs it's the reason 
this is literally insane. This is a classic case of a guy that's in so much debt, but like, I mean, he went to extremes for those that don't know this guy was in a real fucked up place, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt, which is equivalent to, I think the debt total that he would have been in now is like 600 K and he decides to take out life insurance policies on his kids, lace a pixie stick with cyanide and kill his fucking son. And he his the craziest part about this is that he thought he could get away with it. Yeah. I mean, he thought he was being smart because he, he also gave uh, four other kids the poison. And yeah, no, the whole story is like, this dude is just... He did not have this planned out. So he also took out like a bunch of life insurance policies on his kids right before he yeah, tried. To exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like you got to like, like kind of, again, look at that. We don't condone killing anybody, let alone children, but you probably should have done that months before. And then <laughs> let's, let's be very clear. We do not endorse any of these actions. You just, should you I... know, taking out your kid's life insurance policy on October 30th is probably not the smartest idea. You guys want me to go through this, the story real quick? Just yeah. To, yeah, let's a lot do of people it. don't know this one. So yeah. So in Halloween, 1974, uh, this, this 30 year old dude, Ronald Clark O'Brien, so he took his son and, and four other kids trick-or-treating. I think he was with his neighbor. Uh, at one point, they go to this house that doesn't have the lights on. They knock on the door. No one answers for a few minutes, a few seconds, whatever. And they moved on without thinking twice, just like any of us would have as kids. All right, we'll go to the next house. But uh, the dad, was he said that he was going to wait and stay behind for a minute, I guess. He wanted to make sure the guy wasn't there. A little sketchy right off the rip, obviously. And then a minute later, he meets up with the kids and said that the man at the door had five pixie sticks to give out. And they all strangely had a staple on them. Definitely not suspicious at all. And later that night, his son wanted one. He popped it open, said that it had a bitter taste. His stomach started hurting. The dad brought him to the hospital. And then within an hour, the kid was dead. Ronald told police the story. Uh, he eventually pointed out the house, but the man inside said there is no way that he was there. And that was confirmed by hundreds of, of other people that he was, I think he was an air traffic controller. He was out that night. So police immediately looked in, into Ronald's and yeah, found out he was hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt, had recently signed his son up for a life insurance policy, a bunch of other red flags and the guy was eventually executed for the murder of his son and attempted murder of the four other kids. The four other kids were fine though. <clears throat> they didn't, uh, one of the kids, so the parents got the call from the police that this had happened and the parents were freaking out. They were all frantic. They ran upstairs and they found their kid sleeping in his bed, holding the pixie stick, but he apparently he couldn't get the staple off it. That's the only reason why he wasn't poisoned. That's yeah, crazy. crazy. Yeah. Imagine that. Imagine being that What kid. a fucking idiot. Yeah, I, exactly. I Boys always down. remembered as a kid, like, and again, we're from similar towns where it's like small community, you know, nothing too crazy. But my mom was always like, you know, we got to check the candy and stuff. And it's like, who the fuck in our neighborhood's going to do something like that? Who's going to celebrate Halloween and also poison everyone you know like the razor blades or the poison or whatever it was like yeah 
Yeah, I mean, that's the reason why your parents checked your candy, y'all, because of that one stupid guy. What a stupid asshole. <laughs> Literally, that? I mean, there's no other word. I mean, all right, again, let's throw it out there. The disclaimer, BBB does not endorse criminal behavior, but like if, of course, of course if not. you were going down that route, Be why better. would you, like, you're the best idea you could come up with is like, oh, let me go to this air traffic controller's house and just stay behind casually. <laughs> I'm sorry, like, if we were ever trick-or-treating, like, I would hope that if like the three of us, for example, were trick or treating with like my dad or something, and he stayed behind, you guys would have been like, "That's fucking weird. That's weird." Yeah, exactly. Why That's is he staying right behind? Like, and oh, he he has four pixie sticks with uh, a staple on them. All right, uh, I'll eat that later for sure. Now you said he was with another parent. I think so. Yeah, I think yeah, that was with one of the other kids' dads. Yeah. Yeah. And he was, when he was with the cops, he was like, oh yeah, I don't remember where, which house it was. And the, and the other parent was like, dude, we only went down like two streets. So yeah, the other parent was like, oh, it's that house. Yeah, exactly. Just and a terrible like, plan. Also you pick again, you gotta be smart about this shit if you are gonna commit a crime because like you pick a guy with a profession that he had it's well documented where he is he's at an airport (laughs) he is an air traffic controller they said they had 200 people verify that he checked into work and was like working and landing and taking off planes. exactly how (laughs) dumb insane dude i don't think he picked that specific guy out i think he was just waiting for the house where there'd be no one and that was his plan the whole time which is even more pathetic (laughs) <laughs> that, right I was gonna, this is the guy's hard. game plan he's like all right i'm gonna wait for the first house where there's no one there and then i'm gonna i'm gonna stick around and make it look like the guy gave me five pixie sticks it's insane god very funny one of my i mean definitely my favorite morbid halloween story no question Ugh, crazy one. Is that um what other crazy like, ones do you have off the top of your head anything that's like a favorite that you always bring up when you're making content or is it something new every year? I mean, that's, that's the one. Cause I, I'm looking every year for Halloween content and like, there's, there's not much there. I mean, there's dark stuff about like, I guess rituals that certain people perform like at uh, animal shelters apparently won't let you adopt a black cat in like the weeks before Halloween, because too many people sacrifice them, that type of deal. But in terms of like, actual true crime stories go that's that's like the one i got you know i'll look again this year that's for sure something will come up eventually always does i mean i found this story only like a year ago i've been doing this for a while yeah crazy stuff good thing about spooky season is you don't need a story about halloween all you need is spooky content (laughs) That's a very good, good point. Morbid facts. Need to be set in October, November. Exactly. Be, you you got to dive into the melon heads one of these days a little bit more. Yeah. I know you've done some work around that, like when you were doing the, when you're doing Twitter and all that stuff. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Melon heads were right in our backyard growing up. Yeah. Urban legends. I got to dig into those a little more. Those are fun. Melon heads is a good one. What recently for you has been like a big hit? 
like is there the- like is there any one of your tiktoks that you posted that like jumped out of the page in terms of views that people were just like you know obsessed over a certain topic or uh well i would say i started a, a new series recently called uh proof that animals are evolving that one's been that one's been popping off um morbid facts stories nothing crazy i mean i did one about Dahmer. um but i mean like i said tiktok is just it's not my primary focus right now it's kind of just where i put the content up and please those viewers but i'm really focusing on the youtube and facebook views crazy great i mean just crazy how fast you've grown and you know it's nice to see that you're pivoting obviously because you know your stuff is impeccable content so making sure it gets the most views as possible is obviously key yeah i appreciate it dude yeah got to stay grinding social media is a fast moving game that's for sure that is for damn sure tiktok is just so weird in the sense that the most odd stuff blows up the most odd stuff gets pushed to you that's the thing some of my favorite stories i'll post them and they don't really get like crazy traction sometimes i'll come across something wild and be like all right this is it and then refreshing i'm like all right yep Back and then the work. next thing you know, the guy that just comments on all your videos, it goes morbid facts. And the guy, the little face. Yeah, the mustache emoji. He gets yeah. like you know, 7,000 likes and everybody looks at that and you're like, well, what the fuck? I just put all this time into this TikTok. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> morbid oh, facts. Love it. Love it. Well, Zim, unless you had anything else, Connor, plug away, plug away the channels, the accounts. Let's get you, uh, you know, get yes, to the recognition so. and everything. Appreciate it. As you know, you could follow me on TikTok at con underscore spiracy. Uh, you could find me on YouTube, con space spiracy, as well as Facebook. And I'm going to start posting on Insta again, for sure. That's, I think that's at morbid underscore facts, maybe. Yeah. Something I kind of like want a pixie stick conspiracy after this conversation. Anybody else? That? I kind of want a pixie stick after this conversation. Yeah, I'm kind of feeding for some sugar. <laughs> some flavored sugar. <laughs> some cyanide. Jeez, man. Yeah, we'll have to look up to see like what some of the other like crazy, like I'm always confused when like the razor blades are in the candy and like people just don't notice that. Does that still happen? Not like it's thing? like that's more of like the two thousands, but people are like, oh yeah, I was licking a lollipop and then my cut and tongue was slit. It's like you didn't notice like the metal reflective like blade inside a translucent lollipop. That's crazy. Who's doing that? Like that's that's the best you got. You want to terrorize the community? Like all right, razor blades with the candy. <laughs> Another on, lame way to like hurt someone. Yeah, and unassumingly too. I mean, you know. You don't actually see the result of it. What's the point? Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> I took a photo like years ago. It was like the eighth, like eighth or ninth grade. And I literally like pulled apart like a Charlton shoe and put like an airsoft gun underneath it. And I was like, holy shit, look at what I found in my Charleston shoe. <laughs> <laughs> I Love actually it. think I remember that photo. Yeah, it always came. I, when it comes up, I always resend it because it was like, it was just stupid. Careful, fun. always check your kids' candy, kids. You never yeah. know 
I am in is just a straight up fucking AR-15. Well, Connor, we always appreciate you coming on. Thank you for sharing the, you know, the kickoff of spooky season and absolutely forward to all the content you make and having you on again. 100%. I appreciate you guys having me. Always a pleasure. Always a good conversation with you guys. We got to get some morbid sports facts going. I was going to say, if you can find a morbid beer fact and a morbid business take along with the sports, that'd be a good episode. We have a full two hours of episode there. Yeah. No, I definitely could. Yeah. Okay. Business. That's pretty broad, but I could, we could hone in on some stories. Yeah, we could read bag. I'm sure there's something. Actually, yeah, I do have a couple of good ones right off the top of my head. Yeah. I love it. Well, we can't wait for this episode. We may be calling you back soon. Yeah, sounds good. Looking forward to it. And that was Conspiracy, our resident morbid facts, maestro, friend of the program, Hall of Fame guest, recurring guest, just the man. We appreciate Connor as always. And go check out his stuff on all social media platforms just in time for spooky season and beyond. And that interview and the ball segment was presented by Manscaped our favorite program, our favorite tool. It's fall season. It's time to, you know, not forget that the summer was behind us. Clean up your manhood. Use the tool. We love it. You should love it too. Go to manscaped.com slash house for 20% off plus free shipping. And I guess a additional ball segment presented by Manscaped is college basketball season is very much upon us. You know, don't get lost in the hype. We got football both at the college and the pro level, baseball playoffs, hockey starting, basketball's around the corner, like NBA, but college basketball is back. And you might've saw some House Enterprise news. House of College Hoops is officially rebranded and ready to roll. And we got a new platform of content creators joining us. Jake, who is joining us today? Very excited to announce. This has been cooking for a few weeks now. Actually, we're into like the month stage with this, but Road to the Garden, brand new, your place for Big East basketball content. I am so pumped. Um, We had an opportunity to team up with the very talented folks that were shuttered by a large media company uh, that owned Big East Coast Bias. There was only one place, and they're coming home to Road to the Garden, a house enterprise brand, your favorite Big East basketball hub. And we're going to have it all. Uh, Can't wait for you guys to get to know them, to see their work, to engage with it. Going to be doing a lot of video, a lot of pod, And Big East Media Day is coming up in just a couple of weeks. So stay tuned. Road to the Garden is live as, uh, yeah, listening to this up and running as as we are recording. So it is live. So we're excited. We're hyped. We're, you know, Matt St. Jean is a firecracker. That guy is ready to contribute to this brand and take it by storm. College basketball is the bread and brother. Bread and butter of House Enterprise, bread and butter. Um, the bread and brother. I like the that. bread and brother. Yeah, we're breaking. <laughs> we're breaking bread with the brothers. It's a late night. Right. Where it's, See, it that's almost why, like kind of rings. 
you know, we've been on, we've been sitting in this chair recording since nine <laughs> o'clock with football right. house and Connor. It's, it's, it's a long night, but we're excited to have them on. So check out their stuff. You can find all of their platforms on house enterprise and college basketball season is near. I need to figure out to derail this from, you mentioned college football. Like I need to figure out what my strategy is going forward because it's not working right now. 17, 22 and one, I'm pretty sure that shit ain't working. I don't, yeah. maybe it's just cause I'm not a college football guy, but I I'm disappointed with my results through five weeks. Yeah. The content's been fun. The betting's been tough, So, <laughs> yes. but you know, we've had some success with the football house and the streaming, just get ready for the college basketball because that's going to be madness. And that was fun on Twitter. That was fun on Twitter spaces last year, but let's take it up a notch. Hell yeah. Let's do it, people. Uh, That is episode 101. Keep engaging with our stuff on Twitter too, because need more, uh, need more people to criticize us and to tempt me from betting against Syracuse every week. Uh, (laughs) And you need people to tempt you to, to stop betting on Bryant Moneyline, too, for football. They're one and oh, four. For fuck's sakes, man. <laughs> they're going to win this week, though. I mean, they're playing – well, knock on wood. Uh, Shout-out assistant coach Mark Zoppi coming up uh, at Southern Connecticut State. Um, let's see if they get a, a dub against Bryant. God, I can't wait for Bryant basketball because this is brutal. They'll be fine. They'll be all right. They're they're getting the, – they loaded up the front half of the schedule. They'll be okay. Yeah, because you know why? They're hiding all the content with just Doug Edder draining threes in practice. That's all that. that's all I see. It's like the hidden tweets of like Brian, like, you know, every NFL team and football team does it where they're like they hide the losing tweets or like they yeah. don't put the score and stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's just like Brian Athletics page is just like Doug Edder draining threes in a October practice, Bryant 12, Fordham 41. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, oh, but also Earl Timberlake has put on 40 pounds and he's in the best shape of his life. And then we'll get after him next week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not even like this, not even the score. It's like, it's like, we, we'll see you next week in Smithfield. It's like, what happened? It's like, they just lost by 70. We love you, Tristan. Yeah. Sorry, Tristan. But you'll like our college basketball stuff better. <laughs> it's all love, Tristan. He knows. He knows that um that's the end of our show we'll see you very soon for 102 that's well and i'm jake so long everybody take it easy